Welcome to worship from Jessup First United Methodist Church. We're your co-pastors, Rebecca and Garth Duke Barton. Garth is going to be preaching for us today on Peter the Rock. We've got two scriptures to read this morning. The first is from John chapter 21. We'll be reading verses 15 through 17. This is one of those resurrection stories. And so Jesus, the risen Christ, has come and he's fed the disciples breakfast. And then we hear Jesus talking to Peter. John 21, beginning at verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Our second scripture and the scripture I'm going to be drawing from most today comes to us from Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. This is Jesus talking to Peter and he says this, And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. There have been stories told of the names given to children by the parents. Some have been funny, and some downright awful. A friend of mine swears that he was walking down the hall of a school and saw the name Shethed on the list of students. If you don't get what I'm saying right away, it'll come to you later, and you should be insulted. There are other stories that are more humorous. At the end of the 1960s, San Francisco's Haight-Ashbury district reverted to high rent, and many of those who had lived there moved down the coast to Santa Cruz. Eventually, their children came to the schools with names like Earth, Moonbeam, and Love. At the beginning of each school year, parents applied name tags to the children, kissed them goodbye, and sent them off. So it was for Fruit Stand. The teachers thought the boy's name was odd, but they were used to it. Would you like to play with the blocks, Fruit Stand? Fruit Stand, how about a snack? He accepted hesitantly. By the end of the day, his name didn't seem odder than the rest. At dismissal time, the teachers led the children to the buses. Fruit stand, do you know which bus is yours? He didn't answer. That wasn't strange. He hadn't answered them all day. Lots of children are shy on the first day of school. It didn't matter because the teachers had told the parents to write the names of the children's bus stops on the reverse side of the name tags. The teacher turned over the tag and there, neatly printed, was one word. Anthony. You know, your name is important. Just mentioning people's names can conjure up feelings of joy or dread. When we think of Peter, 
What do you think about him? It might depend on when you met him as to what opinion you have of him. Was the first time we met Peter after he tried to walk on water and fell in? We might have a low opinion of him. Did we meet Peter after he drew a sword in the garden? What if you met Peter in the courtyard after he denied Jesus three times? Someone might have met Peter the first time after Mary told him about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Maybe we met Peter after Jesus left the earth and the Holy Spirit had come upon him when he had become a leader in the church. Each of these describes the same man. Peter was complicated. So were we. Jesus saw who and what Peter would be, not who he was. Jesus saw the potential within Peter. We might have seen a man who was dirty, smelly, and an uneducated fisherman. Jesus saw the future bishop of Rome. This hothead, this doubter, this denier became the rock upon which Jesus built his church. The very name Peter, or Petros in the Greek, or Cephas in the Aramaic, means rock. Now, Jesus may have been speaking it into existence when he said, I'm going to build my church upon you, Peter, the rock. Not even Hades can prevail against it. Now, if Jesus told you that he was going to build a church upon you, wouldn't it fire you up? It would be one of those great locker room speeches that motivates you to go out and give it your all. Jesus' motivation was to help Peter reach his full potential. Peter was to be a leader in the church. Peter would need to be reminded, as we heard in our passage read by Rebecca, that Peter had a calling, and it was not to fishing. Peter was told to feed the sheep and tend the lambs of Jesus. Take care of the weakest among you. Jesus was telling Peter what needed to happen after he left. Jesus needed others to carry on with the ministry of sharing the good news. That is the gospel message. He needed people like Andrew, James, and John to tell others about how to get close to God. He also needed leaders in the movement to be, that later became the church. They had to be cultivated. Leaders in people like Mary, the first person to see Jesus after his resurrection, and then to tell the world about him. He saw leadership possibilities in Peter. After the death and resurrection, Peter wasn't so sure that he was worthy to follow Jesus. He'd been gung-ho, maybe too much so. He was on fire for Jesus, and then when challenged about whether he was a follower or not, he denied Jesus three times. Jesus predicted Jesus, Peter's denials and how Peter would feel. He knew what Peter was going to do. He knew that Peter was going to betray him, yet he did not cast him aside and say, you're not good enough. Jesus knew that despite his bravado, Peter was just not ready. The Holy Spirit had not been sent. Jesus needed Peter to lead when the time came. In that passage Rebecca read for us, Peter was standing before Jesus. He probably had that guilty look on his face, 
He knew he was unworthy to follow Jesus. He wanted to be near Jesus, but he was also ashamed to be near him. It would not have taken much to convince Peter that his future was in fishing, not ministry. But one could argue that if Peter had said that he was with Jesus any of the three times when he was asked that night, he too would have been arrested and perhaps died with Jesus on a cross nearby. His denials saved his life and kept him available to be useful later. Jesus, knowing the heart of Peter, called out to him once more. He asked Peter if he loved him. Not once, not twice, but three times. And Peter responded each time with, Yes, Lord, I do. This was to offset the three times that he had denied Jesus. And each time Jesus told him to feed my sheep and tend my lambs. At times we need a reminder of what we're to be doing. And sometimes we need some help to do it better. So where do we start? How can we do it in such a way that makes a difference for the kingdom? The church has already been built upon the rock of Peter. But God wants us to give it our all for this generation in this time. There's much to do. Every generation needs to rebuild the church. It's happened many times in history. There's a man, let's call him Frank. He was a restless young man, unable to find his calling. His dreams of being a heroic soldier had turned into a, a nightmare. He spent time as a prisoner of war. When he returned, his father wanted him to follow in the family business, but that didn't interest him. He found himself lost, and he began to wander the hills near his home. There were beautiful views to see, but he couldn't see them. He came upon a little church in need of repair, and he went in to pray. He knelt down under this large cross, and on the cross there was an image of Jesus. The open eyes of Jesus seemed to lock on him, and in a stare that was both intimidating and beckoning at the same time, Frank couldn't look away. Feelings of doubt and fear, guilt and desire welled up within him, and he finally said out loud, Lord, what do you want me to do? Show me what you want me to do with my life. And the Lord answered him. A voice as clear as day responded, Frank, go and rebuild my church. That was all he heard. That was all he needed to hear. It took a bit longer, however, to realize that Jesus wasn't asking him to physically rebuild that building as well as a few other rundown churches nearby. He did that. But it gradually dawned on him that his calling was to rebuild the church, the human institution that was perilously close to falling apart. Frank was very successful, so much so, so that thousands began to emulate him. And today, 800 years later, we still know his name. The movement of people that began to follow him is still known. The church faces crises today. The church is in need of repair. We don't need to be the next Frank, or as he's really known, St. Francis of Assisi. We just need to be the loving people of Jessup First United Methodist Church, asking the question that St. Francis asked, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then we might say, we can't help rebuild the church. We're not good enough. We don't know about these things. We're not holy enough. We don't have enough ability to do it. 
But think about the early followers of Jesus. They were flawed human beings. Mary had demons drawn out of her. We've talked about Peter. Think about James and John. Their mother asked Jesus if they could sit on the right and left hands of Jesus. They wanted to be held in higher esteem than they deserved. Matthew was a tax collector, shunned by the world around him. Thomas was known as a doubter. And God used these flawed people to build the church. How did they become the saints of the church? For Peter to get back on the right track, he had to talk with Jesus. After he spoke with Jesus, and Jesus kind of hurt his heart a little bit, Peter was then ready to receive the Holy Spirit. And from there, Peter became the apostle the world knows today as St. Peter. So if Jesus asked a question to us, do you love me? Of course, we'd want to say, yes, Lord, we know. You know we do. And he said to us, feed my sheep. We want to be like Peter. We want to be like St. Francis and build or rebuild the church. But not for our glory. How do we do it? We do it by feeding the sheep, tending to the lambs. So we need to go find the hungry and the thirsty, the naked, those in prison, the widows and the orphans, and feed them, care for them, tend to them. We need to share the good news with them, feed their bodies and tend their souls. So where are the sheep of Jessup? There are places like Tabitha's place and Fairhaven, Shane's crib and the Good Samaritan. There are places like the new homeless facility that's going to be opened up, that's going to offer resources to help those who are homeless. There are also children going to school and parents struggling to make ends meet. How can we help? One way we can do that is collect things they need. You can collect school items. School is going to start back in August. I know kids are going to groan about that. Maybe parents are going to celebrate that, or maybe they're going to groan too. Children are going to need new clothing and new shoes. They're going to need a new backpack, notebooks, pencils, paper, and all the things that teachers are going to tell us. It's a practical and simple way for us to help. Here's what you do. The next time you go into a store, walk over to the children's shoe department. I want you to look and see how much they cost. After you get over the shock, go over to the clearance rack. You'll find it's not quite as much, and you can afford a few things. And most of us here can afford a few more than others. Buy a few pairs of shoes. Bring them to the church. Go to the store and see if you can find a jacket for a child. Think about a child who needs new shoes or a jacket when you're in the store. And then as we get closer to the end of July and beginning of August, look at the papers for the sales. Look and see what the children need. If you see something, 
get it. And then we can help. And by doing that, we're going to tend to the sheep. And by doing that, we can help to rebuild the church. Tending to the sheep. Rebuilding the church. Amen.